Good morning, and shalom to each of you. This morning, uh, we are continuing on in the final sermon in this sermon series entitled, A Strong Tower. Uh, throughout this series, uh, we've been using Proverbs 18, 10. I hope uh, that each of you have this memorized at this point, because it's a powerful uh, passage to remind us that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they are saved. The whole purpose of understanding the name of the Lord even better as we've gone through these Old Testament names of the Lord is so that we can understand this righteous tower that we run to to which we find salvation. And so throughout this series, I hope that you have been blessed to understand clearly who God is. Uh, let's begin in a word of prayer, and we'll talk about uh, Judges chapter 6. Father God, I'm uh, grateful to be here. I'm grateful for uh, my friends and family who have joined around this table to uh, celebrate who you are and I pray, Father, that through your word, you might speak boldly to our hearts, that, Lord, you will open our eyes, open our ears, open our minds to receive your truth in love and in grace, to understand who you are and allow that to transform who we are. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We are told in Judges chapter 6 that an angel of the Lord appeared to a man by the name of Gideon. This is one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament. You see, Gideon was an Israelite. And he was farming at the time in a very unconventional way. And he was doing that because the Midianites and the Amalekites neighboring countries were sending out raiding parties to steal the crops from the Israelites. And so Gideon was threshing wheat in a place that was meant for pressing grapes. It kept him hidden and it kept his crops safe. We might look at that and say, what a wimp. <laughs> What a wimp. Look at him hiding from the Midianites. But one of my favorite lines in the book of Judges is the first words the angels spoke to Gideon that day. The angels looked at Gideon and said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Here is a farmer who was fearfully farming his crop, and God looks down, he looks at his heart, and he calls him a mighty warrior. Gideon didn't respond well to the angel of the Lord. If you are, are at that passage in Judges chapter 6, or if you want to read it on the screen, uh, listen to... Gideon's response in chapter 6, verse 16, or 13, sorry. He says, pardon me, my Lord, but if the Lord is with us, why is all this 
happen to us. Where, where are all the wonders, he goes on to say, that our ancestors told us about when he said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us, he said. He's given us into the hands of Midian. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And Gideon responds with, the Lord? Oh, you want to talk about the Lord, do you? Let me tell you about the Lord. Our ancestors told us about how the Lord parted the Red Sea. Our ancestors told us about how the Lord brought water from a rock. Our ancestors told us about an army walking around the city of Jericho and the walls caving in. But where is that Lord? Where is that Lord that brought the people out of Egypt? Where is God in this mess? Can you relate? Can you empathize with Gideon as he looked around? as he looked around his hiding space because he knew that his neighbors and his family were constantly on the lookout. The, the, the Midianites were tearing through and slaughtering, murdering, taking whatever they wanted. Can you empathize with Gideon? We've been through a global pandemic where 6.42 million people has died over the past three years. I don't know if you realize, but here in the United States, 3,000 people just this past month have died to COVID. And maybe you can empathize and say, I remember stories my ancestors told me about Jesus who healed leprosy. Where's Jesus? And what about Ukraine, where thousands have died, millions have been displaced? Where's the God that my ancestors told me about King Solomon and how God brought peace to all of Israel? Where's that God? And in the churches, we have pastors and lay leaders who are trying to extort and exploit common people. And maybe you look around and say, where is the God who brought Ananias and Sapphira to accountability in Acts chapter 5? Where is God? I don't know about you, but I do look around this world and ask the question, why is this world so messed up? And I think we can all agree, no matter what political side we're on, we can agree this world, this country, the place in which we live is not the way it should be. And the Jews had a term for that. They called the world in which it should be shalom. 
Shalom in its simplest definition means peace, but it means so much more than peace because it means wholeness. When a Jew thought about shalom, they thought about the Garden of Eden, the way the world should be before sin entered the picture. We like shalom, amen? We want shalom, amen? Shalom is good, and guess what the angel of the Lord does? He hears what Gideon says when Gideon says, I'm looking around and I'm asking the question, where is shalom? I'm looking around and I'm seeing that this world is messed up and I'm asking, where is God? And listen to what the angel of the Lord says in verse 14. The Lord turned to him and said, go in strength, you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? Did you hear it? The angel essentially responds with, you're right, Gideon. I hear what you're saying. This world is awful. This world needs a change. And guess what? I'm sending you to change it. <laughs> Imagine this scenario. My teenage son comes to me and says, Dad, I can't find my shoes anywhere. It's just an imagined scenario. Eli never loses his shoes. So I go into his room, and what do I find? It's a mess. It's hypothetical. His room is always spotless. There's dirty clothes on the floor. There's homework on the desk. There's a dresser and the bed is a mess there's clothes clean dirty all over the place just picture the most horrific teenage bedroom did i say horrific i meant normal what am i going to say i'm going to say to my teenage son go now in the strength that you have <laughs> i am sending you <laughs> it's a mess the world is a mess. The Midianites are out of control. And he acknowledges that is true. And guess what? Just as I called Moses, just as I called Joshua, I'm calling you, Gideon. This was a random guy who in the eyes of the world was weak and scared in fact, Gideon re responds to that and says, hold up, my family line isn't made up of folks who are warriors, right? It'd be like asking someone in the line of the Coxes to be a basketball player. That's not my line. We don't have the line, my clan, my family name. We're not warriors and if you need to pick someone, pick my older brother. He, he's the one that's strong. Pick one of my cousins. In fact, maybe he says, my, my cousin John Doe, he's the one you need to talk to. He's six foot tall. He's a Marine. Thank you. Gideon 
doubts his ability to be the tool that God needs to wipe out the Midianites to bring shalom in the land. He doubts it. He doubts the strength he has. Go with the strength you... I don't have any strength. But look at verse 16. I love it. So God answered, I'll be with you. And you're going to strike down the Midianites. All of them. Leaving none alive. And we'll do it together. Together. That's a word. That's a word that I like to hear. I mean, essentially God is saying, uh, Gideon, you're right. (laughs) You are not your cousin, John Doe. You're not a Marine. You are not a warrior by yourself. You are to do it with God. Don't worry, Gideon. God will fight with you. God will bring shalom together with you. And Gideon, poor Gideon, he's still not convinced. And so we ask for a sign. Verses 17 and 18. All right, all right. If now that I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it's really you, God, who's talking to me. Don't go anywhere until I come back and I will bring my offering and set it before you. And so God says, okay, I'll wait for you to return. So Gideon, he goes and he prepares a young goat and he makes some bread. I don't know why he's putting together this feast for him and an angel. He's probably losing his mind at this point, freaking out, right? But he brings it back to the angel, and the angel tells him to put it on a rock. And then take the broth and and pour it all over the meat and the bread. And the angel took the tip of his staff, and he touched the meal. And fire flared up from the rock, consuming the bread, consuming the meat. And the angel disappeared. And now Gideon's really freaking out. Verse 22, Gideon realized that it was in fact an angel of the Lord, and he exclaimed, Oh, sovereign sovereign Lord, alas, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But God says in verse 22, 23, peace, shalom, do not be afraid, You're not going to die. And so Gideon built an altar to the Lord, and on it he called it Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace, and to this day it stands. And Oprah of the Abirazites. Jehovah Shalom. God is peace. Gideon was introduced to the God of shalom. He had the wrong idea about God, right? Gideon thought that maybe God had lost his ability. Gideon thought that maybe God was taking a nap. Gideon thought maybe God just no longer 
cared. And as that meat and that bread was consumed by a rock, Gideon's eyes were open to Jehovah Shalom, that God does care, that God does work towards peace. And so he built an altar that said that God is, in fact, peace. He is. And we see the God of peace at work in the life of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' ministries. The disciples of John the Baptist asked Jesus, are you the Messiah that we're looking for? And Jesus responds with a list of activities that he was involved in, and they're all related to shalom. He says, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed. He says, the deaf they hear, the dead they are raised, the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Jesus was preaching, Jesus was acting, Jesus was living out shalom. And in John 3, 17, Jesus declares, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. You see, the world is, in fact, lost. And God sent his son not to condemn this world, but to bring peace, to bring shalom. Paul would go on to say things like this. There is no con now no con let me say it again. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Paul goes on to say, God no longer counts our sins against us. Paul would go on to say, he canceled the record of the charges against us and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. Jehovah Shalom is in fact alive. Jehovah Shalom is active today. And can we all agree after all that I've stated here, after the declaration of what Gideon saw, after the testimony of so many witnesses, can we all agree that God is a God of peace and God is shalom? Amen? That should change us. I mean, look at it this way. We all learned in elementary school that five is greater than four. But would you go to store to buy a $5 case of Coke with $4? No. We learn and we apply. Let's do some applying. You see, you and I are like Gideon. We look around. We're frustrated by the state of the world. It isn't right. And God is speaking to you this morning. If you don't want to hear it, close your ears. But God is speaking to you this morning. He's saying to you that he has chosen us. He has chosen the church to bring peace. I heard the story of a frightened soldier. He was trying to dodge sniper bullets. He drove, they drove him into a bunker. Suddenly, another soldier crawled into that same bunker. 
The second soldier just happened to be wearing a cross necklace. And so the first soldier looked over to him and said, please tell me, how does that thing work? How does that thing work? Here's the good news. Jehovah Shalom is working with you. And he's already working in this world. We just got to open up our eyes and see it. The trick is that we've got to get out of our pews and onto the street. Gideon didn't just learn about shalom that day. He learned about shalom and it changed his life. That very day, he would go and destroy a bunch of altars to other gods. <laughs> that was a big deal for a guy who was hiding in a wine press. Gideon would go on to defeat the Midianites, not with a massive army, but with 300 men. Why? Because God was with them, and they did it together. You may not think that you are strong enough or smart enough or have the ability to bring any kind of peace in this world, and I'm telling you this morning, you're wrong. Gideon was worse off than you, but when he had God, together they brought peace. And if you're a baptized believer here, you've got the Holy Spirit working inside of you. You've got the Holy Spirit working inside of you. And that's just not to make you look better. Come on. We are God's missionary people seeking restoration where we live, work, and play we are God's missionary people bringing reconciliation to those around us, creating mutually supportive networks. We can create environments where there is peace and flourishing under God. And what we need to do is stop and listen because God is talking to you. God is speaking to you. Pause and reflect and open your eyes to where God is working around you. God is working now where you live, work, and play. And he is asking you to join in that work. I wish I could tell you. I wish we could sit down and we can evaluate your life together, but it's between you and God. And it's going to take each one of us listening, opening our eyes to where God is working shalom in this world. God is peace. And he's calling you, Gideon, to go in the strength you have to do it together with the power of the Holy Spirit. The worship team is going to come up and play a song. And while the, the song is playing, I'm asking you to go to one of these three communion stations, ask you to take the cup. The bottom cup has 
bread. The top cup has juice. And I want you to hold and reflect as we sing. Think about the sacrifice of Jesus that brought us peace. Reflect on the places where God has called you to be peace. And then Jeff Womble will come, share some thoughts and instructions, and we'll take that together. Let's bow in prayer. God, you are a God of peace, and we've seen that in Scripture today, that you want to bring wholeness, reconciliation. You want to bring life in this broken world. And so, Father, I pray that each one of us, our eyes will be open to where you are working. Father, we're grateful for the power of your resurrection and the power that's in spirit that's working each one of us. And it's in the power of your name, of your son, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.